Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. We need to apologise first and foremost. We've missed a week. <laughs> Jen, and I, Jen and I totally fucked our own shit up, unfortunately. I think um, <laughs> that's definitely the brain damage we've come home with from IVF. <laughs> yeah, I'm still recovering, to be honest. A- AKA the tiredness, but um, we're glad to be back. We have a few things we want to talk to you about today that kind of allow us to explore different topics and we want to give you a little bit more insight into you as a person. And as a result of that, I think you'll be able to really shift your perspective of some of the lessons we're going to give you. So Jen, tell the guys what we're going to be discussing today, because we actually came on this call wanting to talk about the same thing, pure brain twins. And that has you, never happened, I don't think. No, I don't think so. We come on with different ideas or we come on and go, what the fuck are we actually going to talk about? Because me and Jen have now came to realise that we've got so much to talk about that sometimes we feel what we're going to talk about is irrelevant, but then whatever we talk about, you guys love anyway. So yeah. um, this is one that probably transpired off the back of a masterclass that Jen done earlier on in the year and I spoke a little bit about on Monday which probably gives a wee bit more of a refresher about it so tell the guys what we're going to discuss. So um, it's funny because I actually said this to somebody the other day um, I was in a call with who was looking for me to do some talks in their community and they were like so tell me the kind of things you, you talk about and I was like honestly about three and a half years worth of content like I don't I don't really know where to begin and I think sometimes we forget like inside like inside the Bell for Life program we have I was trying to send someone a training from 2021 yesterday and I was scrolling back through like 40 pages <laughs> trying to find the recording of this training because we actually have so much comprehensive stuff that addresses pretty much everything between like me you Jean, Rue, Cam, like there is so much stuff that I'm like, where do we actually start? Um, <laughs> so I actually delivered, I think I delivered this training, was it last, was it last year that I delivered it or the year before? Really? I can't was that remember. Was I feel like it was this year? No, it wasn't this year. I think it, it was not? last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Too much um, stuff. <laughs> I know, like, I know. It's, it's so funny because I actually sent um, Grant in the community this morning the webinar we done around caffeine, hydration, and how it impacts performance and cognitively, physically, and all that sort of stuff. And I said to him, oh, delivered it earlier this year. And it was like August 2022, <laughs> like a year ago. Um, but it just feels as if we're always given so much comprehensive information that it feels as if we delivered it yesterday because it's kind of hot in our mind whenever we're, we're talking to clients about things because there's always a subject matter that comes up that we've delivered upon in great depth and detail previously. Yeah, 100%. And I think this is why this one came up because you were talking about it Monday. I've spoke about it to a couple of my private clients this week. Um, so it's actually just, it's a tool, it's a, it's a psychometric tool that I use in coaching, really just to help people understand themselves on a deeper level and understand their personality type. Because I think sometimes people will tell me, oh, I did this personality quiz online and immediately I fucking shudder. Like, it's almost like people who tell me, like, oh, I did a quiz online that told me I've got this fucking illness or I did a quiz online or Google told me that I've got this like life limiting illness and I've got six weeks to live like that's how I feel when people tell me that they've done a personality quiz online because the thing is is that there's just not the level of theory and nuance behind those things for you to actually figure out the kind of person that you are and then it's like so what do I do with that information so they tell you your personality type but they don't tell you so because you're this personality type here's what you should do here's what you should avoid here's what this means like there's no follow-up so um, when I did uh, leadership coaching, uh, we would always do a psychogeometric with someone just to help them understand 
how they bring more of their natural self into their role. And this is what I'll do quite a lot with people who are in the programme going through this journey is trying to help them to understand who are you naturally? Like, what are your natural skills and strengths? What are you already good at? Where have you already been successful? And how do we lift and shift all of that to make you successful here? This is why it's so important and why we don't have a one-size-fits-all like cookie-cutter programme because we're fully aware that the same thing will not work for every single kind of person and dependent on your personality type, like you being put into the sort of programme that's like, here's exactly what we do, just not going to work for you. So this is going to be about understanding um, the five biggest personality types that we see, the five dri- the, the, the five uh, drivers of your, of, and understand a wee bit about the five drivers of your brain and how those sort of coincide for you to be able to identify what is it that works for me that I can learn to make this process work with me and work for me instead of work against me. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think you, you've you seen it before with the shapes. Yeah, I've done it. I, I was at the webinar. I, I was at yeah. it. Um, I'm actually thinking right now how we portray it to the guys. Do we just start talking about the shapes so that they can imagine it in their head and they, they can then pick which one they are? Because obviously, yeah. due to the fact it's a podcast, we don't have the visual. So yeah. Yeah, so you do, yeah, it works best with the visual, but it still stands up, it still stands up. So basically the way that it works is you have five shapes, you have the triangle, you have a circle, you have a square, you have a squiggle, and you have a rectangle. So shut your eyes and picture those in your mind. (laughs) Or go on to Google, I don't know, right? I'm wondering if there's a way that we can get this image to you. I don't know, right? But imagine those things in your mind. I'll, um, I'll post. I'll post it in my feed. Just go back to my my mum. Yeah. Nah, just not, go back. Not doing that. I'll fuck up my feed. But what I will <laughs> what I will say is that the best thing about this is when you're just totally totally removing any bias or thought process or you're trying to kind of determine what you should be. Like you ever heard the the term for people as well when people are like, "Oh, like you're a pure square." or like in a pure triangle, like there are terms that fly about that people may have heard and they're like, oh, I don't want to be one of those people. And they've got like this really, really poor kind of understanding of what that perception is. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. I don't want to be that. So I'm just going to choose something else. Just yeah. think, close your eyes, think of each and every single one inside your head and whatever one you feel stands out to you the most, focus on that. But as you said as well, when you delivered it at the time, you can sometimes be drawn to two. Yeah, yeah, and- that's right. That's right. So imagine them in your mind and imagine if I seen each of these on a shelf, which is the one that I would be most attracted to, which is the one that I would grab first and foremost. Um, And you can have a first and second preference. Your first preference is always the most dominant. And then sometimes what happens is you're one shape in one environment and a different shape in a different environment. So you might be like triangle at work but circle at home um it just totally depends but i promise i'll go on and tell you actually what they all mean now (laughs) instead of just talking to you about the shapes um so firstly we have triangle so triangle people are if you want the job done right come to me Uh, no sorry square not triangle why did i say it's because i know what's coming up right (laughs) square forgive me square are like logical sequential thinkers right Square people are exactly that. Like squares, like you're such a square. That's where that saying comes from. Squares think within the confines of their box, right? So squares are very much A to B to C to D to E. They can't go from A to C unless B has been done. 
they are perfectionists to a fault sometimes. They need things to happen in a specific order. And what will happen and how that manifests quite a lot in a health and fitness journey is that people will be like, I've stuck religiously to my calories. I've done every single step. I've done every workout. I've hydrated exactly what you told me to do. I've taken all of your guidance. I've applied it all. I've looked at everything on a finite, granular level of detail and I've not lost any weight. So what's going on, right? So immediately for a square, it's all about predictability and certainty. I have done exactly this, therefore this should produce exactly this. And when there's any nuance in that, they cannot cope, right? Because what squares do is create consistent certainty in themselves and in their lives. So they will do a job that probably revolves around some sort of data tracking or something around like really specific process driven things. Here is the thing that I need to produce and here is the sequence that produces it and the sequence never ever changes, right? So this is the thing that I need to do to get this result and that's the way that my my job always works and there's no shades of grey, there's no room for error. So you'll very rarely find squares working well with people. They'll struggle with the nuances of people, the black and white, the things not always making sense or being predictable. Squares tend to be not great leaders because they they don't really get the nuance of that. Um, They like to just have things sorted, done all their ducks in a row. Squares are the kind of people that everything in their house has got a place. I'm so jealous of these people. Like, they don't just have a drawer full of shite. Like, there's a specific place in their house for the sellotape and the batteries, which I just fucking can't comprehend because if you're not taking batteries out of one thing in your house and putting it into another, like, you must have your fucking life together because I can't relate to that. Um, I would probably say if you want to imagine someone who's who's a square, Monica from Friends. Yeah, Monica from Friends is classic, classic square. Like, I need everything to be right, to be perfect, to happen in the way that I want it to happen. And if anything doesn't go to plan or you smash my good plates, I'm going to lose my fucking shit, right? So everything has to be the right place, the right time. They want to get the job done right, so they want to take the job. They're very analytical, very detailed. They enjoy numbers and specifics and metrics because, again, they're so predictable. They are organized to a T, but perfectionist to a fault. Um, They will really, really struggle with the laid back, go with the flow type of people. So a squiggle is a square's worst nightmare. Um, Squares are very much like, I'm happy to go with the flow, but what time does the flow start? Who else is going to the flow? What's the dress code for the flow? They don't do well with spontaneity. They've got an itinerary made like six weeks in advance before they go anywhere. And they'll really struggle with anything that's against the plan. So squares can really struggle with in-the-moment changes or in-the-moment decisions. And although routines and structures are great, Sometimes it can be to a fault because they struggle then with the flexibility and the fun element of life and just kind of taking on the things that aren't expected. You know, how um, many we see that inside the programme as well and we see the square come out and people more the more they progress and then it's like, my partner's fucking doing my head in or my friends, I don't think I like them anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because their friends are, are potentially squiggles or their friends just aren't as predictable with what it is that they do. The plans are always chopping, changing. They're getting invited to things last minute when they asked what the plans were last week. But the friends had to have things confirmed by other friends and then the square ends up going, well, I'm just not fucking going. I'm not up for that. I'm not accepting that. That's not how I'm going to be treated because that then has an impact on X, Y, Z. 
Yeah, yeah. Your square friends are the ones that organise the Christmas night out, have everything booked, have everybody's deposits paid. They're the people who organise the hen do's, the stag do's. Mm. Like, they're always the people who are rallying everybody else around and kind of getting everything thought of. But they're not natural people people. So if people get in the way of the process, they'll be pissed off. But the interesting thing about squares is they're avoidant conflict styles. So they'll be really, really angry, but they'll avoid it completely. So they'll be fucking raging with you and they'll go and tell everybody else they know how raging they are, but they will not come and have a direct confrontation with you because they are completely conflict avoidant because they don't get the nuance of people, communication, relationships. So they will avoid it completely, but they'll be fucking seething. (laughs) Um, How many squares in your life do you know? Couple, a couple, not actually that many anymore. I would say close three or four people, three or four yeah. close people, probably yeah. two. Yeah. Um, most of the people in my life, I think, are very similar shapes to me, <laughs> yeah. which is a yeah. good thing. And that's why I don't have any any issues. I was actually saying that to Joanne. I don't think me and my my friends or many of my family members have had a lot of arguments in the last like five or ten years, and it's probably because we are similar and the only times that we've had arguments is because we've been probably too too similar, you know? Yeah, yeah 100%, 100%. Um, anyone who's in our programme listening to this wondering if they're a square, if you were absolutely buzzing off your tits when we introduced that new tracker and yeah. you were so excited for it, you're probably a square. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucking nut. <laughs> um, so our next one is circle. So circles are just call my name and I will be there circles are people people over the back circles feel very very deeply they're really really deep um kind of emotional like deep thinkers deep as the ocean actually what i probably should have said before i moved on was that in each of these shapes there is a strength that is natural and unique to the shape right so with square they have got their shit together a square will organize your life inside out they will get shit done they follow a plan they get a result they get to an outcome because they don't let thought interrupt it sometimes thought will interrupt it but most of the time they can get their shit done because they rely fully on their processes their systems their structures their routines so if you're square lean into that like use that to your advantage, use that to your benefit because that's what comes naturally to you. Um, So circles, like I said, really, really deep thinkers, deep feelers. They're very relationship orientated. So they need harmony in the relationships to be okay. If there's any sort of disharmony in the relationships, it's going to throw them off track. So if you're having an argument with your friends, you've had a falling out with someone, you're not going to only with your partner, that's going to really disrupt and interrupt your ability to do other things and do them well because you need harmony in your relationships to be okay. And a lot of the time for circles, it's they will because they just don't want that they be any sort of disharmony. They will apologize when it's not been their fault, or they'll try they'll try and patch things up, or they'll try and rush through the natural ebb and flow of conflict because it makes them so uncomfortable. They just don't want it to happen, so they'll brush it under the carpet, um, and can be kind of victim of experiencing in harbor and resentment. Um, in conflict they they hate this harmony so they will take it personally even if you tell a circle everything's okay it's not your fault don't take it personally they're going to take it personally regardless they're going to find a way for it to be their fault and ultimately this ends up turning them into people people pleasers quite a lot of the time um 
that means that they can kind of be taken advantage of by more dominant personalities. Um, so by more dominant personality types, they can sometimes be manipulated. However, if you get a circle who does deep and meaningful work in themselves and understanding how to implement personal boundaries, circles are like fucking silent assassins. Circles can almost like hack the normal processes of people like circles have a really really natural intuition that can't be taught your circle friends are the ones who are like um you know when you bring like you bring somebody new to introduce to your pal somebody you've just met and everybody else is like oh they're class love them they're so sound really really nice person and you've always got that one pal that like "Mm, i'm not sure about them there's something about them that i can't put my finger on that's your circle pals because they can read people like a book they're really really instinctive really really intuitive and they can see through the lens of what other people present so they can spot when someone's at it they can spot when someone's wearing a mask or being disingenuous or not really being fully transparently themselves um so circles can once the circles can learn to implement boundaries they can actually start to construct a boardroom of people who work only in their favor because they can almost sense that they can read that person in a way that that person can't read themselves and that creates such a strong level of trust that circles can almost become like master manipulators but from a good place yeah. um, because they're they're so good at actually reading and understanding other people and also their own emotions so circles are very very emotionally intelligent people and although sometimes can experience quite strong emotions if they learn to work on their own um, emotional regulation that becomes such a powerful tool for them because their own emotional intelligence and emotional resilience means that they can tolerate such a huge amount of challenge because they're so, so emotionally aware and regulated that it doesn't manifest as other random things that will trip them up. Well, that's so weird. Like, what's come out of my head is I've seen a few circles in my time that have been dominated by more um, powerful types of people, louder individuals, more abrasive and... I can recall a few times in my life where I've had to say, don't you fucking apologise to him for that? Like, why are you apologising? You shouldn't be apologising. But then give it maybe a few months, a few years, the person's worked on themselves, and then you're in a similar situation again, and they start, they, they turn around and stand up for themselves. You're almost like, everything just goes silent, because it's like, oh my God, have they just done that? Okay, yeah. let's, let's listen. And they do it in such an intelligent way, and such a just such an inspiring way that most people don't, as you said, from an emotional perspective, because people end up just snapping. It's like if someone snaps and they've never done that, you're like, oh shit, someone's clearly pushed the boundary too hard. But see, when they come back with like an amazing comeback, calm, collective, you're just like, oh my God, you're a fucking machine. I'm not going to cross you ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you said silent assassin. Silent Aye. assassin. 100% because, because they can think about interactions, relationships, people on a level deeper than quite a lot of people can, they can almost, circles can zoom out and assess a situation as a whole. So circles can read a room, right? So because a circle can read a room, they can watch interactions and dynamics with other people and say, here's exactly what's happening here and read every fucker to filth, right? Because they can zoom out and say, I can see transparently exactly what's happening. They can watch it play out like a game. So circles naturally will be really good in people-based jobs like 
tra- like training and development, therapist, coaches, like anything that's revolved around helping people to understand themselves on a deeper level. Um, that's where a circle is going to do well because so much of it's in their natural skill and ability. Um, and like you say, like they're naturally then they become the best communicators of all the shapes. So they have a way of communicating exactly how they feel or how other people feel in a way that other people just often don't have the words for. Um, so because they communicate so well, that goes so much in their favour around creating like success in their own lives because they know exactly what they want and exactly how to articulate it um if they're not experiencing disharmony and if they work on that personal responsibility that they feel when relationships are damaged yeah i think it's actually really good for a circle as well once they've developed themselves to that point where they can actually understand which opportunities are best for them in life like a yeah. lot of people will be offered opportunities and on the surface will get excited and be like this is the best thing ever and they'll feel very personally challenged or targeted when people are like i'm not too sure if this is the right thing like other circles perhaps um saying that to someone that's not a circle whereas the circles themselves can go do you know what yes maybe more money more opportunity i might get to live abroad doing this get to travel but they can stand there in the moment, zoom out and think straight away, almost like take themselves into a parallel universe and start to draw pictures of what their life will look like. So yeah. as much as I've got more money, it means I'm going to be away from my kids 165 days a year. Am I willing to do that? What's that going to mean for my relationship? Because I already have worries that it's no, not already in harmony. If I take myself out of this, what's then going to happen? So it's almost like they can take an offer, an opportunity, control the excitement, control the emotions they experience from it and actually go within one to 10 seconds I don't think this is right for me instinctively, yeah. but it's not because it's just like a gut feeling. And I think this is, is really important to talk about because I think everyone always just says, just, just, um, I think we spoke about this in the podcast before, just trust your gut. Just yeah. Trust your gut, you know? It's like, no, and I was actually talking to this about one of my, to one of my pals and I beat that so funny because he was like, how do you overcome your problems? Like I seen on Instagram, everything was happening, obviously in the lead up, I didn't want to bother you, I didn't want to talk about it because I knew you had so much on. And I was like, mate, honestly, seeing a situation, I just go into all these parallel universes and I pull them all together and decide what one's right for me based upon the outcomes that could happen. Once yeah. I've got all the information, of course, so when I've got all the information, I can then go to this different place. And it might not seem for a lot of people that they can do it because it might take them a little bit longer than when you have to go away, think about it, sit on it for weeks on end. I feel like I can do that very, very quickly. Um, yeah. I don't react off my gut. So my gut could be like, oh my God, this person's came and gave you huge recognition. They've asked you to do this job. But then I can go, is it the right thing? Is yeah. it the right thing? You know, and really start to draw a picture of, yeah. of it could uh, or could not be. So yeah. I think we must have thought about it before because I'm sure I've seen someone calling us out. <laughs> yeah i'm sure i did i love getting called out because i'm like oh I've, i love hitting nerves it's fucking great um <laughs> tell us I who you are i tell oh, us fuck. tell us how we hit a nerve because we we live for that shit um so what's so interesting about this is there's a thinking distortion called emotional reasoning and what happens quite a lot is that when people think it's got instinct it's actually a, it's actually the thinking distortion of emotional reasoning that's coming into play so so people don't understand the difference between emotional reasoning and gut instinct right so gut instinct is an inherent feeling of this is exactly what i need to do on the basis of life experience, considering all options, knowing your values, knowing your vision, knowing your needs, knowing yourself inside out, right? So gut instinct is based on knowing, right? Emotional reasoning is based only on feeling. Emotional reasoning is 
I feel a certain way about this, therefore it must be true, yep. right? I have a bad feeling about this, therefore that means that's that this thing is going to be bad, therefore I'm just not going to do it, right? Emotional reason is like fucking that film final destination but yes. they would all have the fucking they would all have the visions right of the bad thing happening and then the bad thing would happen that's like that's like a metaphor for emotional reasoning right because i feel this way this thing is certain obviously doesn't quite work in terms of the fact in final destination it did actually happen right but <laughs> what happens quite a lot of the time is like people f- like feel like i feel like this is difficult or I feel like I'm never going to change. Therefore, because I have this feeling, I'm going to believe that it's true and I'm going to jack this in. I'm feeling like this isn't really for me, so I'm going to patch it, right? Whereas gut instinct is based on everything that I have considered here. My gut is telling me this is what I need to do. So I think it's really important that people understand the nuance and the difference between those because we know what we mean when we say gut instinct, but do you know what you mean when we say gut instinct? Exactly. And you always back up with feeling, but you always come back to making the decision on what you felt instinctively at that time through knowing it. You know, you still you still take all of the information into account, but you very often, even with that information, come back to what it was that you you felt in your gut, like that gut instinct, the the knowingness. Let's put it that way, so I don't say feel again and (laughs) and confuse people. But yeah, that is so important because, as you said, like people can feel as if they want to finish a process and stop because they're never going to change. But then I've had people say to me, I feel as if I just need one one, one break. Like I know if I can just get one break, everything's going to change. And mm-hmm. the thing is, that can happen a lot. Like we're, we're working with people that are going through an insane amount of challenge, responsibility. And they're like, I've not given up, even though my progress might not be the best today, because I know when this, this hits home for me, when I make these changes, when I can get the hang of it, when I can grasp it, then things are really going to turn around. Like yeah. even people like think of some of our most successful clients that have wanted to leave the process at times. Mm-hmm. And then we've had a conversation with them. They're like, I know I shouldn't be leaving, but I feel like I should because of X up until this point. You yeah, know, there's you know? a difference. Gut instinct is telling me that I know that I need to stay here, even though there is a feeling driving a belief that it's time for me to leave. I yeah. feel like I want to leave, but I understand that this is a feeling because gut instinct is telling me there's a reason that I should stay. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. And then they went on to fucking be incredible people. Exactly. Not that they weren't exactly. before, but like even better. <laughs> so don't leave before your time's up. There's your exactly. Don't be a fan. Listen, if I left before my time was up, I wouldn't have a fucking job. So she's still be fucking in the NHS. <laughs> oh, God. Don't grim. Um, okay. So our next shape is triangle. So triangle is okay. Here's a plan. Triangles are the natural leaders. Um, of all of the shapes, they will take a leadership approach naturally in most situations. Personal life, professional life, triangles will go in, see what has to be done, rally everybody around and get the thing done. Um, triangles are not followers and they do not like to be a follower. They like to always be the person who's in control of creating the plan, executing the plan. They accept that other people need to be a part of the delivery of the plan, but they like to be the person who's in charge of all. So um, triangles is the shape of most um, big business owners. Massive corporations will always be run by triangles. Um, Any sort of you know, business, like companies, anything like that, the head honcho is probably always going to be a triangle. Um, They're really, really ambitious, task-orientated type of people. They do really, really well under pressure to the point where they seek out and create pressure quite a lot for themselves because, (laughs) you're smiling, 
because they know that they'll get more done as a result of there being pressure applied. They are aggressively competitive. They will do anything that it takes to win, right? They don't care who's losing as long as they get to fucking win, right? Sometimes, obviously, this can be impactful. And again, triangles who can learn to work on the competitiveness in the sense of how do we all win will always be more successful. But the beauty of this is that it makes them very decisive. They don't fuck about with details. They don't fuck about with nuance and thinking. They make the decision, they create the evidence, and then they work with that later. Um, like I said, they're very career-focused, very big-picture, vision-based thinkers. They will often operate mostly from vision as opposed to circumstance. And in conflict, they can be confronta confrontational and quite direct, but it's always for the greater good. So they're able to let go of what they think is right. If the majority of people say, no, we think this is right, they're able to accept that and still lead those people to that thing if they think that's not really what I consider to be the right thing in the first place. They're always able of able to compromise for the sake of the greater good um, and put their own needs to one side. This can sometimes mean that they're a bit like dogmatic. They can kind of shoot from the hip and not really always think things through in the name of decisiveness, but they can accept and understand the importance of having other people around them who can help them with the nuance of the thought process when they just want to get shit done. Who does this sound like? <laughs> I would say I used to be more circle initially like growing up, but I think I'm definitely more of a triangle now, the, the good type of triangle. Mm. Um, I can accept when my ideas aren't the best ideas and I can pass off and give other people their aims, but still lead them to that. But the biggest thing about me that's that's triangle is that I'm just decisive. I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. Let's do it. Fuck, fuck around and find out. You know, yeah. we'll build the evidence along the way. And even if the evidence is not built because the thing was wrong, we learned from it and we took the risk that was necessary. I really like leaning into uncertainty. Like as a triangle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like leaning into uncertainty as a triangle, because I really do believe it's all about like exploration, curiosity. It's all about risk, but obviously calculated risk. I'm not just mm. going to take risk if I know there's not a, a greater sense or level of reward on the other side of it. So I'm the good type of triangle. I'm going to say that if, if there is such a thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think the thing is like, the the challenge of triangle is that if you don't work on it, you will think that your way is the best way and yeah. that nobody can do it like you and that you can do it all. Triangles can be really egotistical um, and ego will always be the biggest barrier to success for a triangle because they want to believe that like their way is the way to do it and they don't need any help and they don't need anyone to fucking support them to do it when in reality as you if you're triangle you work in developing yourself you you recognize that actually if we all win then i win as a result so how do i find a way of corralling other people to help them to win so that i can win as a result of that yeah. um whereas if you stay in, stuck in that competitive egotistical triangle it's like fuck everybody else i just want to win um which actually doesn't really benefit anybody so like if you're triangle on a health and fitness journey what probably happens and we watch this happen quite a lot is that someone will be a high performer in their career but nowhere else in their life so they hyper they're a high performer they're a driven triangle in a successful career and the rest of their life falls to shit as a result and the reality is is that the thing that helps you to lead people in your career is the same thing that will help you to lead other people like elsewhere in your life and triangles will get 
a lot of um they'll get a lot of positivity from like meaning and contribution so if you're part of a community-based program and you're making a contribution you're inspiring and leading other people that's actually going to be so beneficial for your own progress because you're going to feel like there's more purpose to it i have a role here in supporting other people as well as just supporting myself because you're going to naturally want to lead others you're not going to want to follow um so finding anywhere that you can be a natural lead and example to other people that's the thing that's going to inspire you because if you hold yourself up as an example and a standard that's what's going to get you through doing shit when on the days that you don't want to do it for yourself it's going to be the fact that you have other people looking to you that's going to push you forward to do it usually starts off with a bit of like status orientation doesn't it like yeah, they, big time. they're really, really really focused on status and that's why when they do start something and they're a beginner almost and they're not that great at it like their ego is just ripping out of them because they think they can transfer the success directly that they have in business or elsewhere in their life maybe that one thing straight into another journey when it's not the case so regardless of whether or not their relationship's falling down they're not the problem the, the partner's the problem the household's the problem the environment's the problem the fact they've not been in holidays the problem everything's the problem the wife or the, the husband is spending too much money will be their way out breaking their back working 10 12 14 hours a day that's the problem if they are going into the gym and they see other people outlifting them outperforming them it's like i should be at that level already because i am a high performing person which actually holds yeah. back from high performance elsewhere and they can never actually really get the recognition from everyone that they they quite rightly could because obviously we spoke about that in the levels of high performance like getting to that aspirational identity where someone like that is operating in every single area of their life in the exact same way as a leader they are contributing they are bringing meaning to everything they do and people want to instinctively follow them as a result whereas a lot of people don't hit that hit that mark and you know yourself we work with people who just cannot get out their own way who are triangles um yeah. triangles that could have went so far and achieved great things and what they achieved here would actually go on to to impact what they do in business what they do in life what they do in their relationships in a far greater way but they just yeah. weren't willing to draw the ego yeah a hundred percent and i think a lot of the time that's when you'll find people at that consciously incompetent stage like yeah. their ego is so attacked by the areas that they're so incompetent and this is the difference for me between high performance and self-mastery like being a high performer in multiple different areas is, is a lot of the time for a lot of people is outcome focused. Whereas when you're focused on the discipline of self-mastery, you're not trying to achieve anything other than mastering the principle. So you're not trying to get the benefit and the outcome of high performance. You're asking yourself, how do I master the discipline of this skill to serve me for the rest of my life? As opposed to what's the what's the shiny object thing I'm going to get as a result of that? So that's always the difference between an underdeveloped triangle and a triangle who's using the strength to benefit them is that they go on the journey of self-mastery and accept that there's no end to the game. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. So many people are popping into my head right now. <laughs> this <laughs> is the curse of this. My only party trick, the only interesting thing that I can do is that I can guess people's shapes. So oh. it's generally every single time I'm in a group of people, the only fun thing that I have to bring to the table is like I can tell your personality type. When I worked in John Lewis in the call centre, I used to work in like the deliveries part. Um and because I worked like it was across the UK, so like because you were working with people's addresses constantly, I learned um this is obviously because I, I think that I potentially am someone in the spectrum that's probably contributing to this. Um but like I memorised like all of the different postcodes across the UK and what area it meant that they were in. So that was my old party trick was when I would meet people about the pub or that. 
And it was when we were, it was always when we were on holiday, and I would say, "Tell me your postcode, and I'll tell you where you live." And I used to get it right like ninety nine percent of the time. That was my old party trick, so I've had to adopt a new one, and it's this. You know what? <laughs> I, you know what? I thought you were going to say there that you were using this as a party trick when you worked in John Lewis. You knew all about this, and you started to see that there was a theme of people with the same or similar. Uh, in the same area, they were all fucking triangles or circles or squares. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining you going, you're a fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> sadly, sadly not that interesting, unfortunately. Yeah. It's just me having to evolve my party trick over time. Aye, that's um, what happens you, you are definitely on the spectrum. Aye, 100%. 100%. So um, our next shape is rectangle. So rectangle is actually the only fluid shape. Everyone will be rectangle at some point in their lives. Nobody will ever be consistently a rectangle. Um, rectangle is the shape of like what's it all about. Like what what am I doing? Where am I going in my life? Like what is it that I'm actually trying to do? Who is the kind of person that I'm trying to become? A lot of the time, triangles are actually the shape most representative of teenagers, um, because they're constantly trying to figure out or carve out their identity um, a lot of the time rectangles are really dissatisfied with their personal or professional life so they're asking a lot of big questions of themselves and the world around them trying to figure out what is it that I actually want and that can be really frustrating for rectangles because although there's a dissatisfaction they don't always know where the dissatisfaction is coming from or what's going to help it. So they can find themselves in a really difficult position where it's like, my life is fine, so why am I so upset? My life is fine, so why am I so ungrateful? Why can I not just be happy with what I've got, right? It can be a really difficult position to be in, but it's a sign that something has got to change. And somewhere deep down within you, you know what it is that has to change, but a lot of the time people will avoid looking at that thing. Um, so a lot of the time it's that they're unsure of themselves for the time being and they're curious, they're adventurous, they're inquisitive, they're quite inconsistent as well. Like sometimes working with a rectangle or knowing someone who's rectangle can feel like you're getting a different person every day. Actually, at some point, all of the clients that we work with at some point will be in rectangle. So sometimes what it can present to us is that every single week you're doing a different thing. I've been thinking about this. I want to go and do this. I've had this great idea. I'm going to change up all my training to focus on this thing. And then two weeks later, you're doing something else and you're running a triathlon this week, but then you're doing an Ironman the next month and then fuck all that. I'm going to do a marathon and then I'm going to do an ultra and it's like, make up make up your fucking mind, right? Because uh, you're trying to find yourself and the journey of what it is that you're doing and a lot of the time it's a sign that you're dissatisfied somewhere else in your life and that you're potentially avoiding looking at it and the strength that comes with being a rectangle is that your opportunities are limitless right rectangle is such a good shape to be because you're so curious and adventurous you're fucking up for anything you have a real willingness to explore what's possible for you and actually there's so much opportunity that comes from being lost and and I wish people would l l view that sense of being lost and not knowing who you are more as this because if you don't know who you are or what you're doing or what's coming next that means that your 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 options are limitless that means that everything is in front of you you've not committed to anything you've not committed to any way of being anything that you're doing anything that you think is important you're not tied to any of that so actually you have the ability to design your life and trial and error and fuck around and find out and see what is for you so the opportunity that exists in being rectangle is actually limitless um it's not the scary place to be that i think maybe everybody thinks it is when they are there 
I loved being a, a rectangle. I loved it. I, I loved it because it does really allow you to just say to yourself, right, what do I want to do, truthfully? Yeah. And as you said there, you always know deep down what the problem is. Like the parts of yourself you don't like, your career, the people you're hanging around with. And it's got to a point now in the program when I see people in rectangle would actually just say, let's cut the bullshit completely. Like, see if you had to listen to that voice in the back of your mind that's telling you it might be this, because that voice is always there. What is it? Because it's normally it's normally the answer. And then mm-hmm. they've all been thinking about having this blow up with my partner. And I'm like, okay, give you your reasons. What have you tried to fix it? Do you feel as if like your options and your choices here are exhausted with what you can do? And we'll coach them through to make sure it's the right choice. But then if it's the right choice, it's like, right, well, okay, we, we now have the information. You know, this is a this was a tactical problem, like a technical problem. You needed to know whether or not this was a choice you had to make. And now you've got all the information and you see that this other person maybe isn't willing to grow with you, isn't willing to support you in your growth, isn't willing to give you the security that you need, then I think it's probably time that you overcome your personal problem of not having the courage to implement yeah. that choice for yourself and yeah. see what's on the other side of it. Because if this wasn't holding you back and you did have a better support network in place, your environment was cured of all this negativity, what could be, you know? Yeah. I yep. think sometimes people play down and limit what could be based upon the fact that they're so fearful of the choices and who they're going to obstruct, what people are going to think, the impact that's going to have on their, their, their income, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think the difficulty about being in rectangle is that you are in conflict, you're going to be quite avoidant and unwilling to engage with it simply because you don't know what your defence is and you don't really know what it is that you feel or what you stand for. So that then makes you very very vulnerable to the manipulation of other shapes. And it also means that quite a lot of the time you will adopt adopt the identity of another person of a shape that you spend most time with. So if you're feeling a bit lost, lacking direction, you don't really know what you're doing with your life and you have a partner who's a strong square you're going to just fucking adopt the personality of a square or a strong triangle you're just going to adopt the personality of a triangle and fall in line with what they're doing their interests you being the kind of person that actually facilitates the kind of life that they want to live but then over time you recognize once you come through that transition and know who you are they're not replicating the kind of life that i want to live right so that's when the cracks start to show is that you start to recognize hold on a minute I became this way of being for you because I wasn't quite sure how I was and now I know who I am. You're not doing the same thing in return for me. So it's actually really, really important that you have people around you who are supporting you through self-discovery and not forcing you into just being a copy and paste version of them or falling in line with what they do and how they want to live life. If you feel that you are searching and seeking, you need to make sure that you're around people who encourage you to do your own searching and seeking instead of feeding into you their expectations of who you should be because that can be really damaging for a rectangle. I actually remember a, a mentor of mine said this to me a, a long time ago, like, would you enjoy if Joanne was the, the same as you? Copy copy and paste version, like female version. I was like, would I fuck? <laughs> yeah, fuck I, I want her to discover like and be her own person. And it means that a relationship is going to be so much better. And usually what you find is like the things that you're not great at, those people give you, like we were discussing last week. So yeah. I think it's really important for people who feel as if they want to pull others up with them based yeah. on what it is that they're doing when they don't fully know who they are, what they want to do, or even potentially they do know who they are and they don't want to be pulled in that direction for the sake of your relationship, like all that control. 100%. You need to be happy as individuals to be happy together, yeah. in my opinion. Give us the last day. Uh, give us the last shape. 
Uh, so our final shape is squiggle. Squiggle is it'll be fine. Chill out. What are you stressed about? Take a deep breath. Everything's fine, right? Squiggles are the most creative of all of the shapes. Squiggles are uninterested in details, facts, or figures. So squiggles are naturally very creative, idea-generative people. Squiggles can churn out ideas like a fucking t-shirt gun. Like squiggles can always come up with, here's a new way of doing things, here's a better way, here's a creative idea that I've had, here's something that's brilliant, right? But then the execution of that, difficult. Squiggles need to be reminded, you have to do that thing. Remember that idea you had, you need to start doing that. And they're like, oh yeah, shit, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it, right? And then they never actually get around to it. Squiggles are really good at big picture, visionary, creative things, but they will really, really struggle with anything analytical, anything details, facts or figures driven. Um, It's just, it just bores them. And a lot of the time with squiggles, if it's a task that they're not interested in, if it's a task they're interested in, they're fine, they can do detailed and analytical if it's interesting. If it's not interesting, they're just going to fuck it off completely. Um, Squiggles don't think in the normal confines of how other people think so squiggles there's no such thing as the box they only ever think outside the box and sometimes this means that they can do quite cognitive leaps so other people will struggle to catch up with what it is that they're actually talking about because you're still at b and the squiggles at f like what's taking all you so long like catch up hurry up i'm over here need to keep up with my thought process um so it sometimes looks like they they can't see the woods for the trees like they're constantly just like they've missed the trees completely they're constantly they're just off on another fucking planet and another dimension which means that they, they're able to create really great unique out out the box ideas um but sometimes executing them and getting other people on board with them is challenging um, for a squiggle, they can also change their minds quite a lot. One hour, it's a great idea. Next hour, it's the worst idea that they've ever had. Um, they're very crea- creative, very, very intuitive. Like I said, idea-orientated. They can also be expressive and very dramatic. Squiggles most of the time will be drama queens, but they're also very witty and very, very funny. Um, squiggles are also quite direct and assertive, but it can sometimes come across as aggressive, um, especially if they get passionate about something. It can look as if, actually, this is misdirected anger. Really, it's just an, an intense need to try and communicate what it is that they see in their mind because it can be really hard to get ag- across to other people. Um, a lot of the time, because of the way squiggles are, their energy, their nature, they can be quite persuasive and manipulative of other people. So a lot of the time they don't realise that they're doing it, but if they want something to go a certain way, a squiggle will find a way of manipulating other people into it going their way. So they can they could sell sand to the Arabs, like they can spin anything. They can make something sound like a really great idea just to get people on board if it's the thing that they want to do and if it's the thing that they think is, is the right thing and the right process. And again, a lot of the time, they don't realise that they're doing this because they don't do it in a traditional, like, convincing manner. They do it in a quite a subliminal, subtle, they use that intuition um, and that ability to think creatively to get other people on board with things a lot of the time without even noticing that they're doing it. Um, the unique strength that comes with squiggles is that ability to think differently um, and generate different ways of doing things. So like mental blocks and mental barriers, not a huge issue for squiggles because they know that they can think another way around it and they're able to just generate creativity. A lot of the time people will struggle to actually sit down and be creative or struggle to follow a creative flow a lot of the time people will stifle their lives 
um, and stifle their ability to be creative by trying to fit themselves into the box for squiggles. They need to not try and do rigid, structured, routine, anything of a repetitive nature. It's going to seem boring. They can do it for a set amount of time. But the reality is, is they need to feel that they have autonomy. Their very, very struggles are very high in autonomy. Do not tell them what to do because they'll just do the fucking opposite. Um, Not all the time, but if it's something that they don't want to do, they're just going to sack it off. So there's no point in even creating plans for them. They need to feel like a co-creator. They need to feel like they're contributing. Um, So a lot of the time for squiggles, it is about them finding their own creative and resourceful ways of making something work and always re-engaging themselves with the thing to maintain their level of interest. Oh, that is Joanne. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, over the back. I'm a big fucking triangle and she's a squiggle. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I probably never knew that Joanne's skill set when it came to thinking, especially being creative within our workplace, was as good as it was. I always felt like hardly working like how how are you like how are you getting by like you know busy it's just actually because she comes up with really good ideas of how to approach things and gets the job done quicker yeah she's really yep. good at her job so it's that way where i'm like so you're really working smarter and not harder i need a little bit more 100%, of that 100 <laughs> that squiggles over the back hey uh, which one do you think i'm um circle you're half you're half right half right, you're half circle, right. Cir- circle and triangle i'm actually circling squiggle oh really i didn't take you for laid back type and so to be fair when you were talking about it i'm a squiggle in my social life like (laughs) remember the whole thing about my stag doing how it was not really as organized as joanne would like it to be organized and she was hitting the roof and i was like my pals could just come to ibiza and we could just sit around the bar all day and i'd be fine and she's like but what would you wear i'm like don't know like if I was wearing swim shorts from earlier that day, she's like, no, you're stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, so I am, so I'm definitely, I would say I'm, I'm a, like a deep circle. I would say I'm circle personal life. I would say I'll probably used to be circle professional life, but I think when you, so the, the difficulty is with a lot of the shapes, a lot of the traits are conditioned into us. So I've had to condition triangle into me against my own will. I'm not a natural triangle, but I've had to become triangle. Um, so professionally, I definitely used to be, I was a, just a pure circle over the back. Um, I've always had a bit of squiggle in me, but I would say squiggle is probably more dominant now um in my day-to-day life in terms of like same as you like personal life social life I'm squiggle over the back like if I need to organize it I can but I'm quite happy now to just fucking show up and see what else is happening and like if I'm flying somewhere I I book the flight like two days before like I'm not like I'm happy for other people to take the reins with shit I never used to be like that but I think as I worked on the development of myself more and need to be circle to do my job well. So I definitely used to have a lot of natural circle that I think I've worked on developing to my advantage now where I'm like a boundaried intuitive circle as opposed to like an emotionally fucking psychotic circle. Um, But when it comes to work life, I do have to be triangle, but it doesn't come naturally. But actually in work life, I'd say I'm actually quite a lot more squiggle. I'm very, very disorganized. And I'm really, I'm great with idea, but I struggle with execution. Like I will forget to do something. I'll intend to do it six times and forget to do it six times unless I'm interested in it. Then I'll spend three days on it. (laughs) I'm actually surprised I got that one wrong because all I'm thinking about now is whenever anyone demands either of our presence, 
we always just text each other going, do we really fucking have to do this? Yeah, if we come up with the idea, we're there. Oh, 100%, but that's the thing. And personal life, we very rarely come up with the fucking idea because yeah, we do want someone else to take the reins. And I think I've actually became, even though I'm, I'm triangle in my working life and squiggle in my personal life as well, I've definitely devo- developed sorry, more of a circle from working alongside you, you know? So, like, it's been part of I've needed to. Like, I've always a kid probably had part of a circle because I always used to hate conflict, didn't want to stand up for myself, and then I kind of grew more into understanding behavioral themes from the job that I do and then understanding more from working with you so we can stand back and I think sometimes people or clients will know or, or will, will think that we don't know what yeah. they're doing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. know exactly what you're doing <laughs> yeah 100% and this is the thing like if someone is squiggle over the back I'm not going to recommend a set rigid structured ritual routine for them right whereas if someone is square dominant I know you're going to thrive with this set plan rigid structure and routine so it's about like us understanding the nuance of them and the nuance of us and how we coach and how we come across so sometimes my circle can be too dominant and I want to just go straight to the thinking feeling when actually that person just needs to be told shut the fuck up and do this right so it's about understanding where it shows up in you where it shows up in other people and actually how you work with what comes naturally to you to make you better at what you do so actually me working better with my natural circle instead of hating it right but working with it and learning how do I learn to be more comfortable with disharmony how do I use this as an ability to read and understand other people how do I use my natural empathy as a powerful tool for building relationships and coaching so actually me being natural circle makes me very good at this job because I can read people like a fucking book, right? If I was doing data analytics, I would be fucking shit at it because I would be worrying about is the woman, the other woman that works in data analytics upset at me because I got that number wrong, right? Like it's just not going to work. So it's just about knowing what your natural strengths and abilities are and how you use them more to your advantage instead of trying to fight against what comes naturally to you. Yeah. That, and that's and that's great advice. And I think there's one thing that I would just like to end on, which sometimes overshadows your ability to do that, which is people's perception of us. Yeah. We're going to say what they think they should be living up to. So instead of leaning into their strengths, they actually don't give themselves the opportunity to. So yeah. for anyone listening, if you've been part of a process before where you really did feel like you were with the right coach, but you weren't willing to open yourself up to show yourself and what you were really good at, then we're here. Yeah, I've been here where we understand you. <laughs> yeah, and also just just to remind you, we do have tickets still on sale for our live yeah. event on the twelfth of August. So yeah. if you want to learn more about your fucking shapes, your life, yourself, where you're going to go, especially if you're a rectangle right now, if you're a rectangle, I don't know why you wouldn't be there. Yeah, hundred percent. And just to say, they are fucking selling like hotcakes. So if you're waiting till near the time to do a last minute purchase definitely don't because they're going to be gone so make sure you buy it sooner rather than later um to avoid disappointment please 100%. plus we've seen the, the goodie bags and they look fucking class as well yeah they do one listening loves a tote bag you're going to get a fucking tote bag that's that's a seller straight away it's not like a paper bag it's a fucking tote right yeah. so if you want if you want to collect another tote for your tote collection you're going to have to be there because that's about actually fun. actually wish we'd ordered extra for us because I'm now no. looking at it being like I, I want that water bottle no I might just <laughs> I might just steal it for somebody on the day someone always leaves it behind by mistake yeah 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 we'll back in the room it. like did I leave my top nah no 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 I don't know what it is very, very triangle of you very <laughs> manipulative <laughs> so guys see if you're 
maybe question what what um shape you are you want a wee bit more information on it kind of how you should approach things because of it drops a message in social media tell us your your perceived um shape and why you think that and we can give you some advice absolutely chat to you soon team chat to you soon guys over and out <laughs>